This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, August 24th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy whose professional rapper comparable is none other than T.J. Fredette. His name is Jerem Jordan. Okay, I feel like that was based on, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that was based off of, but okay. Uh, at NFL Malik created NFL QB comps with rappers. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Former BYU quarterbacks or, uh, yeah, Steve Young, Lil Wayne, not to be confused with Little Wayne, quote, was overshadowed early in his career before emerging as a superstar. Head injury slowed him down, but still one of the greatest ever. Consider me stunned wow. that Steve Young and Little Wayne would ever be mentioned no, in the Lil. same sentence. Sorry, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. And Lil. then uh, Taysom Hill with Post Malone, who has Utah residency, by the way, uh, has dedicated fanboys out to prove he isn't just a gimmick. <laughs> I like Post Malone. I don't think Post Malone's a gimmick. He's very much not a gimmick. Post Malone has made it, He's been a starter in the rap game, if you will. He has made it. If Taysom Hill can create a legacy within his own football realm, exactly, that Post Malone has in music, then Taysom Hill will be an all-pro quarterback. Apparently, Post Malone has a place in Morgan. Morgan? And in Park City. And in Park City. Park City makes more sense to me. Morgan doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, if it's me. a mansion and he wants to be out in the country, Morgan is the True. perfect place. True. Maybe it's cheaper in Park City. Yeah. <laughs> PC can be uh, expensive. One million percent Morgan is cheaper than Park City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remind me after the show to tell you about this one elder in my mission from Morgan. From Morgan. Okay? Funny story. The Morgan Trojans, Jerem. Yeah. yeah, Morgan, Utah. Today's show lineup may or may not have a few gimmicks. It also features BYU football. And if the Cougars fit into a modified top 25 poll at any point in the 2020 season here we go national champion quarterback and dual threat analyst blaine fowler will chime in on that and byu should be win percentage this season based on strictly opponent difficulty don't forget the new group of five anxiety index the best to wear number 94 and an all-new life lesson from our coaches on bikes here are your monday byu sports nation headlines BYU adds Western Kentucky to the schedule in Provo October 31st. This will be the first meeting in program history in a one-off game. This will mark the sixth game announced this season, fourth home game. The Hilltoppers went 9-4 last season, are a member of Conference USA. Other games expected, uh, reported, and could be announced at some point. We'll see. Texas State, UTSA. That would be eight games in total and six home, but still waiting on the official announcement of yeah, The Hilltoppers have an okay grade in the Group of Five Anxiety Index. They were 9-4 and four last year, man. A nine-win team's always solid. Week four of BYU football training camp opening today. The Cougars kick off the season at Navy in exactly two weeks. Hit it! Countdown to Navy. 14 days. Yeah, that one's it's this, quick, right? This Navy one's kind of quick. Well, it's like the football season. Perfect. It's coming out fast. It's perfect, yes. Given the circumstances, it should be that way. ESPN Monday Night Football primetime spotlight for the Cougars and midshipmen. Think about this. Less than a month ago, BYU had two games on the schedule. <laughs> two. They now have six games officially lined up. Two more reported and expected. Do I hear 10 or even 12, potentially? Well, it is pretty gnarly that with two weeks to go from today, as we just mentioned, that BYU has half of the schedule, potentially, or... You know, six of ten announced. It's like they're gonna come 
fast and heavy uh, when it happens, right? Former BYU defensive lineman Bronson Kafusi has moved to play tight end for Ooh. the New York Jets. He could possibly play on both sides of the ball. Jets head coach Adam Gase said he was killing us on scout team last year. <laughs> now remember, he, he never played offense at BYU. Corbin Kafusi actually caught a fake field goal against Utah in 2016. That was Corbin, not Bronson. So we saw Bronson in high school play basketball, and he was an amazing post player. He has great hands, so I'm, I'm not shocked at this. I'm not shocked. I love it. Go Kafusi Brothers in New York. The NCAA Board of Directors voted to grant all fall sports athletes an extra year of eligibility on Friday, thus ratifying a movement that began early last week. This measure protects student-athletes who are trying to be cautious or that play in conferences who have altered or canceled sports seasons for the fall. Furthermore, returning seniors will not count against their roster limits in 2021. As a reminder, schools cannot cancel scholarships for a student-athlete who sits out specifically due to COVID-19 concerns. Now, this is awesome. It's great, and it's what it should be. The NCAA is making some good decisions, which I'm, like, super uncomfortable with because I'm not used to that, but I, I love that they're doing it. Will uh, will everyone uh, not advance in their eligibility? Will just everyone, like, you're a junior this year, so you're a junior next yeah, year. Yeah, is Zach like, Wilson a or, junior next year, even if he plays 12 games this season? Or will you be a se- senior twice, or in the case of Zane Anderson's, Four times, but uh, I'm just kidding. That's it. We love Zane. I, I'm interested to see how that works. And it's a little complicated with scholarships. It's a little complicated with scholarships. Yeah, as if it weren't complicated enough already right. well, at luckily BYU. Luckily at BYU, it's just cut and dry. No one goes away for two years. Back. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The brand-new Associated Press Top 25 poll drops today. The voters were instructed to include teams that are playing in conferences that say they will not play in the fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not sure that works, but expect to see Ohio State number two. I imagine the Week 1 poll will only include teams that actually play games, but who knows? BYU is very much in on playing as many games as possible. Jerem, will the Cougars be ranked in the top 25 at any point this season? They better be because this schedule is setting up for BYU to win a lot of games. I think initially there might be a loss or two out of the gate. We'll see. Navy is a tough opponent on the road. As we've mentioned, a team that was a top 25 team when the season ended. That's a goal that BYU has, is to finish as a team that is ranked in the end. And we like the AP poll better than the coaches' poll. We think that the sports information directors are the ones actually voting. And even then, they're not watching. But the writers, they're at least trying to pay attention, albeit most on the East Coast not watching Pac-12 football. But I digress. I think BYU should be in the top 25 at some point this year in the, this adjusted thing with just the 76 teams that are playing. If they are not, I think it's an abject failure. Because we believe that BYU, this is the 14th article of faith, we believe that BYU will be better this year, right? Because juniors and seniors that have been playing as freshmen and sophomores, not backups that are now starting, that's different. Guys that have experience, a junior upperclassman, healthy quarterback in Zach Wilson, the continuity of the coaching staff, couple that with a much weaker schedule. BYU should win a lot. If BYU starts 4-0, they should be in the top 25. Yep. If BYU doesn't start 4-0 and they have a loss or two, perhaps it's 6-2 and two or something going into November. I don't know. But I, I believe that if BYU's not in this at some point with 76 teams, not 130, then that's abject failure this year. 
Jerem, if BYU is not in the top 25 after a 3-0 or 4-0 start, then clearly there's some East Coast bias happening. It's BYU against the rest of the country because BYU is the only team in the West. Or BYU lost. (laughs) If BYU starts undefeated, they're in. Yeah, there's a a lot of teams in the Central Time Zone that are playing college football. Yeah, there are a couple of paths uh, for BYU to get into the top 25. You beat Navy and Army. You win two road games against the service academies. And more importantly, Jerem, you do so with a ton of eye balls on you that that will factor into this everybody's gonna be watching BYU Navy on Monday night football on ESPN and then before SEC football kicks off on the 26th CBS is slated in there so 130 kickoff CBS national television if BYU wins both of those games on the road get they're gonna be receiving some votes and then they come home and if not in sure they could yeah Yeah. they come home take care of Troy 3-0, 3-0, they're, they're Maybe they're ranked. in right there. They're ranked, yeah. baby. Yeah. Now, if BYU loses one of the first two games, then I think they probably can only lose one game based on the difficulty of schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah. This so is an easy schedule right now. BYU would have to probably go, I mean, based on the six games official and two that are reported, 7-1 and one against those eight teams to feel comfortable about being in the final AP top 25. Right. And who knows how many games everybody plays when this is all said and done, right? I'm telling you right now, expect a game or two or three or four, I don't know how many, to not be played at all because there were too many positive tests or the other team had too many positive tests or whatever. I I expect there to be at least one game canceled because of that, if not more. Now, you brought up something interesting with the the, uh, East Coast thing. So a lot of times we're like, dude, BYU's on ESPN2 at home. This is great. I would argue that it's not as great if the kick at home is 821 or 826 Mountain Time. Because what is prime time technically? It's 6 to 11. So on the East Coast, how long is BYU in prime time for those 826 kicks? 40 minutes. 34 minutes, exactly. Okay. Now, there are those that stay up past 11, of course. But when, it, when is the game decided? Is it decided in the first quarter? Oh, no, no, it's decided in the fourth quarter, typically, unless you're blowing out that team. So the, the, the idea that BYU is playing at what, 8 Eastern on, on Monday Night Football? Was that the time? And then uh, 3.30 Eastern. Is exa- you bring up a great point. That's exactly right. BYU's going to have a ton of eyeballs on those games. BYU's going to be the only team in the West. It's, we, we, need to, we need to rally around that idea even more. The, the, the West team. The only team in the West. BYU. It's so weird that BYU is the only team in the West playing oh, right now. East Coast bias versus BYU. It's, yeah. It, you want to feel what it's like to be in the Pac-12? BYU's going to get that this year. Uh, One million percent. Now, now also, I didn't think of this till this moment with the TV times. There's always been this like, alright, we're going to schedule, you know, kind of East Coast gets you know, first pick and whatnot, and you kind of move West in terms of like night games and times. We don't know times on uh, you know, four of the six officially announced games, six of the eight reported games. BYU is going to get this incredible spot and opportunity no matter when they play late Nobody at night. Nobody else is going to be playing. No one will be on <laughs> but Brigham. So that's, that's really exciting. And I think there are a ton of advantages to this. And I've said it twice. I'm going to keep saying it. I am so happy that the Board of Trustees has not shut this down for BYU football. I think this is really important. BYU likes to be different. BYU likes to be... Ultra-conservative, right? That's based on the, the religion, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here. The idea that BYU is trying to play and stick out and represent fits perfectly with what this institution means and what the football team is and sort of represents and what the religion is, right? So I, 
I'm super happy with BYU's attempt to at least play. I don't, I don't care that the schedule is super weak. And a bunch of people are like, dude, you finally get your schedule. No, no, no. I want two to three power fives a year. This is not the schedule I want. This is almost too easy. But I'm excited to see this team against the schedule because guess what? Besides everyone playing in COVID, which is a big deal, I understand. There's no excuses for BYU now. It's like, go out and play. Go out and play. You, national spotlight. This is everything BYU's always wanted. To be the team that be, people are talking about. And guess what? When you're the only team West of Texas playing ball, people are talking about you. You can go ahead and pencil BYU into that lone, late window every Saturday night right. for the entire season. And the top 25 is out. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about it. Clemson won. Mm-hmm. What's up? Dabo. Ohio State 2, as you Told mentioned. You. Yep. 3, Bama. So then we go to the end of the poll where it's a little interesting with group of five teams. Minnesota, Minnesota at 19, Cincinnati at 20. So the highest ranked group of five teams. Cincy. I still want Cincy on this schedule for BYU. 21, UCF. 22, Utah. Un- unloaded the whole defense, basically. Lost the battery and some linemen on offense. Uh, 22, 23, Iowa State. 25, Tennessee. Tennessee ends up going 8-4 and four last year, 8-5, and five, and that ends up being a good win. Let's remember that the next season going into the year, they were preseason. Remember when five. Minnesota and Utah were on BYU's schedule forever ago? Yeah. I, like, I can't remember. That. That's crazy. <laughs> I thought Minnesota would be a little higher. But we're talking about will they be ranked. They've got to get ranked. And it's, it's been a minute since BYU was ranked, and it hasn't been that much during the Sataki or the last four years. So this would be significant, Ooh. which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has been ranked in the AP Top 25 for two weeks during the Satake era. Nine weeks in nine years, Jerem, of independence. That's not enough. So two times the last four years. It was 2018 when BYU had a, a nice start to the year. Three and one, they were number 20. Right, 25, and then got to 20, went up to UW, and then got smashed. It was yep. tough. Um, beginning of the end there. Um, yeah, two weeks in four years. That's not good. That's not good. And then nine weeks in nine years. Are you kidding me? We were in our office saying, okay, if you had, if in 2010, when BYU announced independence, if you had said, what are the next 10 years going to be like? This is not it. Four 10 win seasons. Right. BYU is going to finally crack into the the BCS, the New Year's six. Right. And, and that is, that has not happened later in the program. I'll address, you know, uh, that a little bit, but that the next 10 years need to be better. BYU's had the teams to do it. My, my thing has been, okay, the schedule's been too hard, but there have been some significant injuries, and fortunately that derailed it, and BYU was not as deep as needed to overcome that. Hey, Navy is uh, 15 spots out in the AP poll. So 15? That's like number just, 40 nice. in the AP Top 25. Boise uh, State, uh, three out. Yeah, they were they're also right there, on man. the schedule. To me, they were the best group of five team. They, that's who was going to do it. Now, Jeremy, if BYU finishes ranked in the postseason poll, yes. it would mark the first time the Cougars have finished in the AP Top 25 ever in independence. Right, because 2011 was coaches poll only because USC was BYU's ineligible. never finished a season in independence in the Top 25, and the first time <sighs> since 2009. This is, this is the year to do it. It is. There's fewer teams. BYU's got an easy schedule. There's no excuse to me. That BYU should be a team that racks up wins. Has one loss. Let's go. Again, let's see who BYU schedules. If BYU puts Cincy out there, it's like, okay, that's the toughest team right now. That's a a good team. 11 years, no final AP Top 25 ring. It never ceases to befuddle me. I don't want to blame this show 
but we're a part of that. <laughs> we, we, this is our, what, eighth football season? I think? It's your fault, BYU Sports Nation. This is our eighth football season. Your We've fault. not seen BYU beat Utah, win 10 games, or finish in the top 25. Guess what? This is the year for hopefully one of those. One of those. The oh, top 25 man. part. I don't know if we're going to play 10 games. And our question of the day is about the top 25. Why do you believe BYU football will or will not be ranked in the top 25 at some point this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. At Travis Larson, 32 answers on Twitter. The easier schedule, Q Jerem, in parentheses it says, <laughs> and the decreased number of teams Overall, obviously, bodes well for BYU's chances of being ranked. Regardless, I want to see BYU play good, consistent football all year. Go Cougs. Well, that, that's what BYU did in the whack is, listen, there were a couple of big games, but most of the games were like, listen, let the quarterback throw for 350. Let's score 50 points today. And just dominate and go, yeah. Because you, you could only line up against that team and play that game, so be your best self in that. When BYU beat USC in overtime, that was a great BYU performance. They didn't score in, what, the 30s? But they beat a quality team. I don't care in that situation. So you weight it differently on a curve, if you will. When BYU's playing Troy, it's going to be different. It's like, hey, take care of business at home. Beat that team, and if you can, beat them handily. And then we go, okay, that was a good performance. Go undefeated at home. Amen. Beat Houston, beat everybody else. Coming up, which Cougar in the NFL switched to tight end, and which Cougar in the NFL also had a baby one. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us. What should BYU's win percentage be this season based on the modified difficulty of schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, after further review, explores five key players who could help BYU win at Navy in two weeks from tonight. Watch it on the BYU TV app, 7 Eastern, and on demand immediately after tomorrow. So you may have noticed, uh, but we do the show live, and, and we are live right now in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. What up, Spence? What up, Jerem? Hi. Yeah, man. I, I'm excited. Two weeks from today, we have BYU and Navy, dude. I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't think we'd get here. Is it starting I'm surprised. to settle in? Yes. The stress it, of producing this talk is the talk yeah. show is the stress. Well, last night, I started <laughs> to feel the heat a little bit when they were talking about Hey, when do you have to get your COVID test? And I call us. I'm like, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I got to do that again. Next, next week. Let's go, man. I'm excited. Uh, joining us now, uh, he's free from COVID right now, which is great news. National champion quarterback, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Looking healthy and fresh, Blaine. Uh, fresh off a, a gym visit, I presume, this morning. Yeah, you have to start every week with a gym visit. And I always run into our man, Jason Shepard, there. So Shep was there. But the thing is, every time I see him, only working on biceps. I don't understand. Like, it's just like, aren't you supposed to mix it up and work different body parts? But, like, every day he's doing biceps, and and he's – and it is – it's looking okay. He's got huge biceps. So we're going to have him wear this medium next time he's in here. Yeah, you got listen, you got to be great at something. No one really cares if you're good at everything, but not great at You know what I mean? You got to be great at something. So I guess Shep's good at curls. But let's let's talk about this season. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I was going to say, 
who cares about calves? You can wear long pants. So, I mean, it's, it's all about biceps. It's like 100 right? degrees. So he's wearing pants. Let's he go. sits behind a desk. He's wearing no, pants. No, no yeah. one sees wear, his legs. Wear long sweats. Yep. That's, I was just saying, biceps, who wearing, it's who's all wearing about pants? the biceps. I'm wearing pants. What the heck, man? <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about BYU in the top 25. So, here we go. Blue goggles on a little bit or not. Let's discuss. Uh, do you believe that BYU, with this adjusted schedule, with adjusted amount of teams, 76 uh, to be exact, do you believe BYU will find itself in the top 25 this year? Yeah, I honestly thought they would find themselves in the top 25 with a full complement of teams this fall. Whoa. I think BYU's underrated. People that don't understand who's coming back. And when BYU's really good, they're dominant up front on the offensive line. They're deep on the offensive line. They have quarterbacks that have experience. Um, the one position group I was worried about on the entire field was wide receiver. And I feel like that's been answered in fall camp. So I think if everybody's playing before the season was out, we might see him ranked in the top 25. So with this watered down, no big 10 and and Pac 12. And I recognize that they rank teams in those conferences for preseason, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But if they, if they drop off those teams and they're just ranking the teams that play and based on BYU's new schedule, I absolutely think that they'll be ranked at some point. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, uh, what's the path to a top 25 ranking, Blaine? Is it something that we can expect as early as, let's say, week three, if BYU wins road games in front of huge national audiences uh, at Navy and at Army? Yeah, I think if they dominate at at Navy and at Army, that's enough for people to take notice. And, um, And if the stars shine, so they play well at quarterback, they throw the football around, they look dominating up front. I mean, Navy and Army are respected, and those teams have been consistently good on the defensive side of the ball. So if BYU can come out and score points um, and and win in those games convincingly on the road, I think people will go, oh, you know what? BYU's back. And and I think that, that it would take those two wins, and I think we'd see in the top 25. I think it would be in week three. We've discussed this. I want to get your opinion on it. What's the toughest game on the schedule, in your opinion? Because Navy, st- I said Navy. Spencer said Houston. <laughs> Um, style wise, Navy is a tough matchup, although they have, a, they're going to have to start a new quarterback that has a total of less than 50 yards rushing career. So they don't have a 2000 yard rusher coming back in quarterback. So that makes it not quite as tough, but schematically, it's just such a tough thing uh, to prepare for. And Ken's a fantastic coach. I mean, we all know that Kenny Niamatololo is a phenomenal coach. So those guys will be ready to go. So, so, so that one's tough. Houston, I think that's the toughest. I mean, Houston presents different problems with the way they spread you out and throw the ball around, but I think BYU's secondary as a strength this season matches up. I think Houston won't be as good defensively as Navy is on a year-in and year-out basis. So I'm going to say Navy on the road is the toughest game. So the opener right now with what we have on the schedule is the toughest game on the schedule. And I think Western Kentucky might have snuck in as the third toughest. I mean, you could argue that with Army, but 9-4, and four, they sling it. They were one of the fewest penalized teams in the country. They were excellent in road uh, red zone defense, which BYU struggled at. That's a sneaky game that I don't think, and we'll find out later how much uh, anxiety Spencer has about that game. But Western <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> is sneaky to me. Yeah, and, and they, again, they, they throw it all over the place. And so you just worry about big plays and be able to keep things in front of you. I don't think that Western Kentucky will hold up defensively against this big physical um, BYU team that I think is going to be able to run the ball some of the season as, as well as say Navy will. Um, so I, I think, but I do agree. Like if you're going to put them in the top three, I think Western Kentucky people look at Western Kentucky and go, who? No, that's a pretty good football program. And they've been really skilled offensively. 
Blaine, should, and I always love this conversation, should BYU finish with one loss or better? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they should. That's the expect. Yes. So straight mm-hmm. up expect. It's a disappointment yes. if BYU well, finishes now, with more now, than one know. loss. And and unless you know, I don't know who's going to get added onto this schedule. So you're just saying as the schedule right. sits as it's today, currently and, constituted. And, and let's let's even add a couple of games that we're just hearing rumored, right? So the BYU hasn't announced. So so if we just take what's been rumored and what is officially on the schedule. Yeah, they should they should finish with one loss or less. Now, you, who knows what they add to this schedule before it's all said and done? Do they get an ACC team or two? Do they get one of the elite AAC teams? Cincinnati, um, please. See, I, Cincinnati or Memphis or one of these. Um, th- then then I'd have to relook at the schedule. But as is currently constituted, plus let's even add in the couple of games that are rumored. Yes, I think they finish with one loss or less. Okay, let's discuss that because Spencer has brought an extremely salient point to the conversation of BYU football and why they are what they are right now. So the last three years, BYU is an astounding 11-12 and 12 against Group 5 teams. So why should BYU be so good this year? We think that. The three of us agree. Yeah. Is this based on a, a BYU that isn't the current BYU, or do we feel like BYU is going to become the BYU we think they should be? I, to me, this is the the deepest and um, and what's the best word for this? Least lacking at any position group of of all of the teams Kalani's had since he's been here. So every year we go into a season and I go, oh man, there's a glaring there's a glaring depth issue at linebacker, or what are they going to do on the D line, or oh man, this offensive line is undersized and just too young, or who's going to play running back, or man, the quarterbacks are just there's been a position group or two. Every season since Kalani's been here, where, and, and we can go back, go back and check the tape. I've said, boy, I'm really concerned about that, or I'm really concerned about this. This is the first season when I go position group by position group. Um, there isn't a weakness, or it's just this glaring thing where you go, oh man, this isn't a complete team, or they're just not deep enough there. Um, the one group that I was like, okay, there's a pretty good core, but are they deep enough? Was the wide receiver group, and they've had a really good fall camp. Uh, you know, in talking to the coaches, they've been really impressed. I think the addition to Chris Jackson has been a big part of that. And then some of the younger guys that contributed are really stepping up. So all of a sudden, um, I'm going, well, wait a minute. If the if the receiving core is fine, then there's not a there's not a glaring weakness on this football team. So I think this is going to be the best group that Kalani's lined up. I was actually excited before all of this stuff, knowing that for them to play that crazy tough schedule they're going to play. Because I felt like, especially up front, they matched up for the first time in a long time. So I think this is just a different football team than the one we've seen go, what did you say, Jerem, 11 and 12 against G5. This is a better football team. Yeah, and that's good news because BYU have a chance to rack up some wins. So riddle me this. In the pursuit of being a very good team, where is BYU very good to great on this team? Uh, Offensive line is very good to great. Multiple NFL talent guys there. Um, And – they, they they could be a little bit deeper, but I think they're deep enough. They could even have a couple of injuries and be good. They can rotate guys in. They have guys that can play tackle or guard. I mean, MP can even move over to guard if they need him to play. He's a great puller. So, so I think that's the strength of this football team. And when you go back and look at the really good foot, football teams at BYU over time, they're always really dominant up front on the offensive line. So I think that's a, that's a group of stars right there. Um, 
to me, that's the strength of this, this football team. And now they're experienced enough at quarterback. They're deep enough at quarterback. And, and the other thing that they've got is um, they're good at running back. They're not just okay at running back. They're good at running back. Mm. And, and I think Tyler Algiers has been, you know, they thought he was good. They come into fall camp and they're going, whoa, he's like better than good. He's really good. And now you add that to that Lopini Coteau, who's a proven commodity. Um, Jackson McChesney, who we saw glimpses of when he wasn't in, in shape. Um, you add JC transfer that now gives you depth. And all of a sudden you're going, okay, this is a better than just good group at running back. And when's the last time you said that about BYU? A better than good running back core. Um, so you add the offensive line with a good group of backs behind him and a punishing guy like Algiers that can get it done along with that other crew. It's a, it's a different look on offense. I, BYU struggled on third and short yardage in recent years, which is really frustrating to watch. I don't think that's the case this year. I think they knocked people off the ball. All so right. that offensive line is where it's going to start. Okay, Blaine, in 10 seconds, give me one name as the training camp MVP thus far. Hmm. I mean, well, Peyton Wilgar is one of the best players on this football team. And he's been good as usual, but, but I'll give you one. I'm going to say, I already said his name. But I'm going to say Chris Jackson, just because he's been a little bit of a surprise at how good he's been at wide receiver. All right. There you go. So, Chris Jackson, Peyton. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you an offense, an offensive and a defensive guy and newcomer <laughs> of the year so far. Micah Harper, newcomer of the year. I love it. Defensive back. Yeah. Very nice. Blaine. Great to yeah. talk football. Fresh, with he's you, a freshman. So. I'm so good to, see, good to see you guys. Yeah, so excited you're back in the AFR fold. We're uh, countdown to kickoff two weeks away. It's going to be fun, man. So fun. Let's play some football. I can't wait. And you know what? I hope Navy lets. Um, what are they? They're midshipmen, right? They're yes. not. Are they cadets or are they midshipmen? Midshipmen? Yes. They I mean, they're be, in a bubble, right? So we don't, we don't. They don't need to worry about COVID. Even if Navy doesn't let a single BYU fan in, BYU's players are like. Let the midshipmen come. Let's honor those guys for what they do every day. And you would rather play in front of a hostile crowd than no crowd at all. I say to Navy, and I think Tom's had these conversations already, you guys bring everybody on campus because you guys are in a safe environment. We'll play in front of a hostile crowd. Let those let those guys come. Let, you know, let all, all of them come to that game, and I think that would be a fun atmosphere. Absolutely. Bring some energy. Blaine, great to catch up with you, man. Yeah. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Talk to you. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I think 2016 will be hard to beat in terms of performance and depth. I'm convinced that that's Kalani Satake's best team. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kainakua, and young Dain and those guys. Harvey Longy. I thought that was a really good team. Fred Warner. Fred Warner, dude. Like, I think 2016 is going to be tough The to most beat. talented, yeah. but were they the deepest? I don't care about depth as much as nine and four against a really tough schedule. Now, if BYU wins every game, let's say that they only lose one, would you change your opinion to, oh, 2020 is the best team? No, probably not because it's going to be hard to judge. It's, it's, this is graded on a, a lesser curve, easier schedule, fewer teams competing, easier to get in the top 25. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. That 2016 team was good. Dude. This is uh, home economics versus economics, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The difficulty of class. Freakonomics, yeah. <laughs> okay, coming up, the debut of Spencer's Group of Five Anxiety Index. And the greatest BYU don't poke the bear moment. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Mine is snarky. Luka Doncic. One week from today, join us for Coordinators Corners. Greg Rubel chats weekly with coordinators to break down the X's and O's of each game this season and prepare you for Navy 
It's Mondays, 1 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. That is Jerem. I am Spencer. You are watching BYU Sports Nation, and it's time to whip it. All right, BYU makes the game against Western Kentucky on Halloween official. I think BYU should wear the black unis, by the way. I think that'd be nice, right? Thanks for the foe. Okay. Tom Homo tweets out, the Big Red, uh, Big Red is guaranteed a seat. That's the name of the uh, mascot for Western Kentucky. He should be. Are you looking forward more forward to the actual game or the mascot grudge again, which BYU won during the summer, by the way? I'm looking forward to the actual game. As fun as the mascot battle on Halloween night of all nights, the two greatest costumes are going to be the mascots. Okay? That's true. It's, it's beautiful, but I'm looking forward to the actual game, probably because football has been such an uncertainty <laughs> during COVID. The fact that we're scheduling this thing, if it goes down, oh, doesn't matter who they're playing, football is king. We're all watching that game because I'm not sure we're going to have kids knocking on doors, receiving candy from people Good in a point. pandemic. Good so point. I think there'll be eyeballs on this game, too. All right, Jerem, speaking of peeps in the seats, and I called him a he. Maybe it's an it uh, for Big Red. That's important in 20. Yeah, I don't know. It is. Uh, Cincinnati has announced they will begin the season with no fans. Top 20 team. But with hopes of introducing fans as the season moves on, while Miami announces they will allow a maximum of 13,000 for their opener against UAB. When do you expect BYU to jump in on this conversation and make an announcement on the fan situation at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Uh, we're a month and two days out. I'd be surprised if it isn't this or next week. From the first home game, right? Month and right. two days. From the first home game, exactly. I, I think it's in the next two weeks. Yeah, it probably has to be just to kind of people get need people in the mode. Flight plans, uh, yes. travel plans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how I'm interested to see how BYU determines who gets in. Yes. If any get at all. Before BYU all. plays Navy, I expect an announcement on what's going to happen for the home game. New York Jets and Bronson Kafusi to the offense to play tight end. Over under one catch this year for Bronson. <laughs> I'm going to go over. Uh, t- two catches? I don't yes, think that's too Jewish much to ask. Nation. We're going over. I don't think Come it's on. too much to ask Bronson Kafusi to catch two passes in the NFL this season, especially if Adam Gase is like, he was crushing it on scout team. Should have done targets. <laughs> that's different. That would have right? been the real Yes, thing. yes. Eric Mika has signed with Partizan NIS in Serbia, which competes in the ABA League and the Euro Cup. Partizan, but not that partisan. Yeah, partisan with a Z. <laughs> Jeremy, will Eric Mika ever get another run at the NBA? Well, define run. Is he going to play in a summer league and have a shot and maybe a 10-day or something? Maybe. I I think maybe he's a European player now. And he looks like he's a European player. I mean, physically, his uh, physical attributes. I I think he can have great success in Europe without needing that, but maybe. Yeah, if a 10-day contract is included in... A run at the NBA. I think is that a walk at the NBA. I think Eric will be back in the NBA. I think he's good enough to be on a few ten-day contracts for several teams. You know, moving forward, he's he's polished enough. But as far as like sticking, that's going to be tough. Both Luka Doncic and Donovan Mitchell were called out by opponents only to hit uh, eventual game winners. Luka at the buzzer, Donovan uh, earlier with a bunch of free throws. Right in the NBA playoffs yesterday, I got us thinking. What's the best? Don't poke the bear moment in BYU sports history. Oh man. I'm going to give you two from the same guy. Jimmer Fredette versus Trayvon Perfect. Willis of UNLV, UNLV in 2011. When right. Willis said, he's not that good. I can shut him down. And then Jimmer and BYU sweep the Rebels that season. They go to Vegas and win where they never won. Jimmer goes for 39 or whatever. And then 
the show, the San Diego State student section yep. versus Jimmer, Fredette, and BYU. They went all in on hammering Jimmer, and then Fredette embarrassed the show in San Diego. Okay, my don't poke the bear is extremely sarcastic, but hang with me. I believe in the next 10 years, BYU will be better than they have been in the previous 9 or 10, okay? In football. In football. BYU poke the bear of independence. <laughs> they haven't beaten Utah. Haven't won 10 games and haven't finished the season ranked, okay? We didn't think this is what it would be. We thought it would be different. Injuries to Taysom Hill certainly affected this. But I believe that in the next 9 or 10 years, BYU will do what they haven't done, which is beat Utah, finish ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll at the end of the season, and win 10 games. Let's go. The yeah, the worst poke the bear moment is probably the rant that Max Hall went on. <laughs> right? right? BYU has not beaten Utah yeah. since. Yeah, that's been bad. <laughs> I don't blame any one individual. No. It's... Except for Max. <laughs> Just kidding. You know I love you. Way more than Dennis. Come on. If you're new to the program, first of all, welcome. Over the past few months, we've been counting up to 99. We're almost there! One or two numbers each show and determining who are the best athletes to wear each number at BYU. Today, it's a solo number as we zero in on 94. 99 is next Monday, by the way. Wow. Are we done next Monday? Uh, Chris Smith is the best to wear number 94. He was a legit tight end, 87 to 90. You may have heard of a quarterback that he played with his senior year. I believe it was Todd Detmer. Mm-hmm. 137 catches, third most by a tight end. 2,367 yards. That's 10th all-time among everybody. 17 yards to catch. 8 TDs. 8 TDs a little low for me, by the way. Look at this great. Look at him go. Look at, wow. Chris, Chris is flying down the sideline. This is against Utah. I love these highlights. This is great. Uh, 1990 set a then-NCA record for receiving yards by a tight end in the season. With 11.56, 68 catches. Still holds the record at uh, BYU for that. <laughs> Third team All-American in 89, two-time All-WAC. Has two of the top ten receiving yard uh, seasons in BYU history. Only player in the top ten with more than one. You know oh. why he's the greatest ever in 94, Jaron? Because he was drafted by my Cincinnati Bengals. Hey. It was in spite of that. <laughs> uh, Ziggy Ansah was, uh, what, an honorable mention here? Tied for the highest draft pick in BYU football history with Jimothy McMahon. Pretty crazy. Wow. They went to the black and blue division. <laughs> Ziggy to the Lions and uh, McMahon, of course, to the Bears. Black and blue division. Yeah, I like that. Crazy. Okay. Uh, Chris yeah, Chris, Smith, legit. He, he's he's one of the all-time best tight ends. And at some point, I'm going to rank all the tight ends, and we're going to talk about it. For those watching on BYU TV, how crazy is it to watch Ty Detmer falling back on his heels, getting just absolutely pummeled by huge defensive linemen, yet staying in there and delivering those throws on the end zone to Chris Smith. He was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> is he a better hunter or quarterback? We'll discuss coming up. Also, why we can't wait for signing dates 2038. And the group of five anxiety index numbers are out next. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Who am I most worried about? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. In a week from tomorrow, BYU football at Kalani Stake is back, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Coach Greg Rubel gets ready for BYU at Navy. Also, the debut of Season 2 of Deep Blue, Zach Wilson, will be featured. That's September 1st on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. There is a new thing that has come about yes. naturally on the show. yes through our discussions and what's trending. It is called the Group of Five Anxiety Index. This is based on 
three years of BYU being less than 50% against group of five teams. 11 wins, 12 losses over the last three seasons against the group of five. Now, you've brought this up, and I think it's an incredibly valid point. I dare say salient a second time on this show. That's a big word for me. Our G5 Anxiety Index presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. You've brought up this stat, and I think it's legit. So what I want to do here is ask you, game by game, where your, like, what the index level is. Out of 100, for a specific game, based on who they are, what they do, where it is in the schedule, all of that. Okay, so let's walk through this. It's it's based on group of five, G5. Okay, there's no B5s on here. First game, September 7th at Navy. Right down the middle, Jaron, 50%. Blaine Fowler brought up some great points. Navy runs a very, very specific scheme. Road game, it's going to be a weird environment, but BYU is typically good in, in openers, in season openers. Yes, because they don't play good teams. They'll be excited. It's a good team. Energy of Monday Night Football will be fun. Yes. So 50-50, and they've split the previous two meetings, one and one. Okay. 50-50 for okay, Navy. 50-50. September 19th at Army. 25%. The, oh, the cadets are going to work hard, and they're going to be well-prepared. And, I mean, they've, they've done some great things other than last season over the, the recent past. But BYU is going to have 12 days to prepare and recover after playing Navy against, game. against a team that's not as good as Navy right, right now. Right. So 25% okay. I like BYU. Low. I'm feeling good. Okay. BYU comes home September 26th, plays in front of who knows how many fans. Troy. Troy. 15%, Jaron. BYU is going to win this game handily. Like They'll like take that. care of business at like home against that. Detroit Trojans. Okay. TBD. This is a reported game. Not official. Texas State. It's going to be October, you'd think, 2nd, 3rd, or 24th. We'll see. I'm even more confident against Texas State. The Bobcats have no shot in Provo. 10%. We should go Texas State. Yeah. <laughs> it's, te- it's Texas, Jeremy. If Texas BYU is- doesn't have a problem against Texas if, teams. If Texas is in the name... Low anxiety. What's the win streak against teams from Texas? I want to know that. <laughs> October 10th. This is a reported game. UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Another Texas team, Jerem. You should be in the Big 12. Let's go. Listen, the Roadrunners, they have their way in Looney Tunes. Not at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Wiley Coyote is going to feast. The Cougars are going to feast on the Roadrunners 5%. The Roadrunner endangered? I don't know the answer to that. October 16th. What you say is the toughest game on the schedule yes. right now. Yes. Houston. See... Because Houston is a name brand and coming to Provo, my anxiety level is a little bit lower. If this game were at Houston, I would feel exponentially more worried about the Cougars and Cougars. Uh, Only 33%. Basically, I'm saying if BYU and Houston played this game 10 times, I think the Cougars would win six or seven. Yeah. How's your anxiety level based on this music? Higher than I anticipated it would be. It's It's like a a mystery. Yes. Yes. Okay. October 31st, Halloween. Western Kentucky. I'm absolutely terrified of this game. Oh, I'm terrified of this game because it reeks of Toledo. Ah. It reeks of Northern Illinois, Jerem. Smell that? Smells like Toledo. There's something about teams, that part of the country, this part of the season. BYU could potentially be a little bit worn out. Who knows if they're going to schedule another game? Worn out from playing Texas State and UTSA? Well, who knows if BYU is going to schedule a game on October 24th? Okay, and what if it's Cincinnati or something? And it's on the road. Every game that BYU schedules from now on, I think, is going to be be on the road. Could be a road game based on the reported. Western Kentucky freaks me out. Okay. 70. 70%. They top the anxiety list. The Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers, the exact. Big Red. 
Big Red freaks me out on Halloween. And it's on Halloween, Jerem. That's true. That's a great point. <laughs> okay, and last but not least, November 21st, probably live on BYU TV. Okay. North Alabama. Uh, Alabama, 1 million percent. North Alabama. Not applicable. Not, a, not as much. Not applicable, Jerem. Not applicable. Okay. <laughs> Just not there. Let's walk through the schedule as if we did our, uh, you know, thing. Texas State. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. University of Texas. San Antonio. Uh-huh. Western Kentucky. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Sounds like a legit schedule, right? Okay, that's that's good. Okay, that wraps up what we know of. The BYU Group 5 Anxiety Index. These numbers will shift as the season progresses as we learn about right, teams. Right, right. But um, right now, Western Kentucky freaks me out, man. And there's a, there's a sort of, uh, you know... During the season, we're going to find out, yeah, they get better or they're worse or injuries or COVID or whatever. But this, this is legit because your point of 11 and 12 the last three, what the heck? And coming up uh, perhaps tomorrow or later this week, we'll discuss the should, why BYU should beat this team's comment. Because we agree that they should, and I think you do too. You probably have blue goggles like us. Is, well, wait a minute. Why should they if they are 11 and 12 against group of fives? The last three years. Yeah. We will discuss the new... There's a lot of nuance to that. But why they should, or actually should not. We'll discuss that later. At worst right now, Jeremy, at worst, BYU goes 6-2 and two against the eight games we just presented. I think so as at well. At worst. And, and I'm thinking Navy and Houston are the two games. I'm, if, if there were losses, if we knew there were two losses, I would go probably Navy and then Houston, and if not, maybe Army. Western Kentucky is the wild well. card, right? That the anxiety is right. real. I'm with you. I'm not as uh, you know. I don't have as much anxiety about Army, although a little bit. Let's see how BYU performs against Navy. If BYU struggles against Navy, then we'll have more anxiety against Army because it's a similar system of uh, style of offense, right? And, and uh, similar makeup of personnel and, and who they present. But uh, let's let's see how it plays out. And again, the schedule is not complete. BYU does have six official games, eight reported. Of those reported games. There are six home games there, like you mentioned. So if BYU is playing anybody else, they're going to hit the road, Jack. And let's see if it's Cincinnati How or difficult. others. And, and I would think that Tom Holm was looking at this going, I need a, another good game or two on here. Is App State calling Provo and saying, hey, come play us here? Is there a Power 5 available? I would think they would have announced it by now, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, I spoke with uh, the voice of UCF football on yeah, Friday. Yeah, listen to it. Mark Daniels. Good job. And... Um, he pointed out something at, at the end of our conversation that UCF already has their schedule in place. So unless they decide to add more games to what they already have, that's probably not going to happen. So I don't think BYU is going to play 21st-ranked UCF, but would they I schedule st- number 20 Cincinnati? I, I still want Cincinnati on there. Let's go. Okay, coming up, Coaches on Bikes discusses Rocky Roads. Oh, yes. Not the ice cream. Life lessons in there. And get the NLI ready, Jerem, because 2038 is just around the corner. Yeah, bro. We're one of the newest members of BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. Can't wait. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Station continues with your daily reminder of the show being available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And if you so choose, Google BYU Sports Nation, download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Coaches on Bikes has now become a biking trio, Jerem. I know. 
There's a third wheel. Gavin. Gavin Fowler has joined Gennaro Guilford and Preston Hadley and the secondary coaches uh, posse. And they are teaching us specifically on life lessons, how to respond when the road gets rocky. Yo, sometimes there's going to be rocks in your street. It will. It will. You still got to go. You still got to find a way. Find a way through it, baby. Acknowledge that they're there and keep moving forward. And what that's forced us to do is equip our bikes with sturdier and thicker tires. Heavy duty, baby. Uh, Heavy duty. Heavy duty. Put some goose stuff. Heavy duty. Putting that goose (laughs) stuff in the tires. You know what I mean? It's forced us to get stronger. You know? So there's rocks in your street. It doesn't matter. You know what I've learned about this, Jeremy? What is he, the rock? It doesn't matter. Um, It's time for them to coach football. It's time for a game, right? (laughs) They are coaching football. It's time for a game. Oh, you're saying in a game. It's time for a game. You're saying a scrimmage is not enough. Oh, by the way, maybe you guys addressed it Friday. Maybe I missed it. The catch and throw? Zach Wilson to Lopini Katoa that was put out? Uh, yeah, we made some incredible rash assumptions. In right. fact, Jason right. Shepard at one point said, that's the throw. That's the play that's going to clinch BYU a national oh, championship. Nice. That's extremely rash. <laughs> getting a rash thinking about that. That's awesome. <laughs> You're getting a uh, yeah. rash thinking about I'm not going to say what. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our right, lead voice of the day of might have just happened. Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, <laughs> answering this question. Why do you believe BYU will or will not be ranked in the top 25 at some point this season? Ah! At Patty underscore Rick 23 on Instagram says, I think the Cougs deserve to sit in the top 25 all year okay. just for being the Lone Ranger of the West. Nice. Plus, the Cougs lineup looks and feels outstanding. You've been watching. When I called him the Lone Ranger of the West, you were watching. Let's yeah. go. Uh, it's not. I would call it outstanding, but I agree with the other part. <laughs> It's going to be outstanding when they win a lot. It's going to be great. Okay, uh, today's Rise of Shadow. Uh, Taysom and Emily Hill. We've always liked Emily because she's uh, awesome and she's David Nixon's sister. She's like the super nicest she's person uh, to ever grace the planet. They had their child, specifically Emily. Uh, Bo Nixon Hill. twenty Class 2038. Very excited. Welcome also, to parenthood. That was, uh, that was Saturday. And then Taysom Hill's 30th birthday yesterday. So cool. Happy birthday to one Taysom our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler, who is a little bit older than 30. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. One time on the show, I disappointed your children. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Mark Bellini. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Anxiety! We're going to have some games? Let's go, baby.